0: Hey, podcast listeners, this is Todd Finley, the founder of HBCU Grad. This is a special episode. Um, I love talking with people that have passion and purpose. I Also love talking to doers, people that are executing instead of pontificating. The woman I spoke to is a passionate doer that's extremely smart and driven. Her story is one that will leave you with your eyebrows up and your mouth open. You're going to appreciate this one. Welcome to episode 20 of the HBCU Audio Experience. Our guest today is HBCU grad Chloe Cheyenne Rogers. Chloe is a social impact tech entrepreneur. On Chloe's resume are companies such as Google. She's the founder and CEO of Community X, she's been featured on MSNBC. Welcome, Chloe, and thanks for taking the time to talk to us.
1: Thank you for having me, Todd.
0: We connected over Instagram, and it was and it was <laughs> very meta. Um, you know, I saw you first. I saw you were an HBCU grad. <laughs> then I saw you were from Chicago, where I've been for over a decade, specifically Hyde Park, where I frequent and we go to eat breakfast at Valois and different places like that.
1: Exactly, and. Uh,
0: Yeah. Then I heard a part of your story and I said, I would love to talk to you. So even though I've lived in Chicago, I didn't grow up here. How was it growing up in Chicago?
1: It's uh, growing up in Chicago. I mean, it's a really interesting experience, especially sort of the way that that I experienced my childhood there versus the way um, my dad experienced his childhood. So my dad um, and my mom actually grew up in the city. Um, and my dad, once he had his own family and and my siblings and I were born, he actually moved us out of the city because of of what happened to him the year before I was born. Um, He decided that he didn't did not want to live in in the city anymore because of the gun violence and um, issues with police misconduct. And so I actually grew up outside of the city.
0: Okay, okay. Did you guys go into the city often like during weekends and you know, for the you know the different social aspects of it.
1: Yeah, my my grandma, my dad's mom, never left the city. Um, essentially, all of his family is still there, and so um, we we would go in in into the actual city of Chicago a lot to to visit family um, and all of that stuff. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. So, yeah. coming from Chicago, who introduced you to HBCUs, and why did you choose to go to one?
1: Yeah, that's um, a really good question. I'm, I'm excited to share. I was actually... Um, a, a junior in high school, looking at my different options for university and sort of struggling on figuring out where I was going to go, what would be the best experience for me based on what I was interested in, and had a conversation with one of my high school advisors, her name's Andrea Johnson, who I'm still very close with to this day. And she was like, look, you know, you've been involved in a lot of our equity and access work throughout your years here in high school, I think uh, Howard would be a really good fit for you. And so she really encouraged me to apply and almost immediately started to connect me with people, students, professors at the university that I could talk with in order um, to really decide if it would be the best fit for me. And um, I went ahead and applied, uh, got my offer, uh, was on a, a full ride. Um, during my time there, and it turned out to be a, a really amazing experience and i I definitely credit that to her. I think looking back, I'm really glad that I brought my talents and my intelligence to an HBCU rather than a PWI. Okay,
0: okay. now you had a you had a great time at Howard.
1: Yeah, I did. It was uh, it was a lot of work. I, I was in a lot of different like clubs and student council and different organizations. So um, I, it was always very busy.
0: OK, now, would you recommend an HBCU to anybody or is it a specific person or someone that has a certain set of skills that you would recommend for an HBCU?
1: I think your, at least from my perspective, your experience at an HBCU is absolutely um, what you make of it. I think especially now, given all of the corporate efforts around diversity and inclusion, uh, there are a lot of initiatives on campus trying to get students um, from university to those corporate jobs. So there's a lot of opportunity there for people who are looking to move into those roles, but outside of that, even on the communication side or engineering side, there are so many opportunities and it's it's really for anyone who's willing to just put in the work and make the most
0: out of it. Okay, okay. And I I agree. I agree. Now, after graduation, you went to work for Google. Did you get that job through Howard or was it on your own initiative? Uh, it,
1: It was through Howard. Um, I was very persistent with the recruiter uh, that came on campus, but Howard, again, was partnered with various uh, corporations and and corporate sponsors, and so my ability to get uh, all of the internships that I got throughout my time there was based on their partnerships with those organizations and just me applying and following up and staying consistent with those recruiters.
0: Right. Now, with our limited interaction, you know, mm-hmm. I see that you're very you respond quickly, concisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you know what you you know what you want. And but at the same time, you know how to massage and, and do things the right way. That That's what I feel when you say you are persistent in um, talking to the recruiter. Give me some specific tactics that mm-hmm. you did to stay in front of these people to make sure that they remembered who you are and ultimately got you a job.
1: Yeah, it always started with the very first interaction uh, between myself and the recruiter. So whether I was, you know, in an info session or um, in some other sort of forum on campus, I would always make sure to ask questions during the session. Before asking my question, I would always very clearly uh, and concisely introduce myself so that the recruiters might remember me and my name um or in the very least my question and then after the sessions i would follow up one on one with with all of the corporate reps that were there, share my resume, share my business card, ask for their business card, and then immediately like do follow up when I got to my dorm room, like it was that tight of a, of a follow up loop for me just because um, I came to university to, to make sure that I, I graduated with a job. So that was always my my number one goal uh, day in and day out.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. Now, getting a job with Google, the Google hiring process is notorious. (laughs) While you were going through that process, did they ask you questions like how do you eat an elephant?
1: (laughs) Yes, Um, it's it's all that's all true. Uh, I think, you know, especially when you're a university student. And for me, it was my very first tech interview. So my first interview definitely threw me for a loop. And um, my interviewer actually gave me some advice and and sent me a few links that I I could leverage in order to perform better on my second round interview. So thankfully, he was was very understanding and and flexible with me in that regard. Um, But yeah, every single round, of my interviews for the internship uh, were, were tough. And when it came to converting to full time, um, the the interview was was even tougher and performing while at Google um, is extremely hard too. So um, it's, it's no myth.
0: (laughs) What makes it so hard to perform? Is it the, is it the culture or is it uh, the different pressures that you put on yourself to be a top notch performer?
1: it's it's the it's the la- it's the latter for sure the expectations are so high, especially when you're looking at a company that touts the fact that they have a lower acceptance rate than Harvard, like, you know, you're walking into an environment where everybody is the best at what they do. And so when it comes to, you know, the performance evaluation system, you're being evaluated against the best of the best. And so you're always putting pressure on yourself, your manager is putting pressure on you as well, um, to make sure that, that you're performing to the to the best of your ability.
0: Right, right. Now, from that experience, what advantage or what did Google instill or just being around that environment? What did that give you or what's in you now that you think gives you an unfair advantage in the regular marketplace?
1: You know, I interned at ConocoPhillips before I interned at Google. And I'm glad that it happened that way uh, because my experience in the energy corridor was so uh, limiting and paralyzing that it almost took me out of corporate America. So following up that experience, uh, with working for a company like Google in, in tech in Silicon Valley, um, it, it was the best thing ever for me.
0: Okay. Okay. So now you've launched a a social impact tech startup community X. Tell me about it.
1: Yeah, so I I founded Community X uh, because I was inspired by my parents, specifically my dad, who's African-American and is a survivor of an extreme case of police misconduct that left him permanently handicapped. I actually came up with the idea while well, I was working at Google um, in, in late 2015 and throughout 2016, when, as you know, uh, instances of, of police misconduct were sort of taking shape in the national media in a way that had never really been the case before. You saw it with Sandra Bland, Trayvon Martin, Tamir Rice, Mike Brown, really just these, these tragic events were unfolding right before all of our eyes. And so many of us felt helpless and didn't really know what to do um and my family and I definitely had that that same experience especially because um you know my dad was nearly killed by the hands of 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 the Chicago Police Department. So um, when I was there, I initially tried to do something internally. And the reason why I ended up leaving and resigning for my position at Google is because I realized that the idea I had was just too big um, for the space that I was in. You know, Google is focused on advertising and being the world's most powerful search engine. And what I was trying to do was really around social impact. The two didn't totally match. And so I ended up leaving, doing some market research research in this space. I worked for Lorene Jobs's uh, VC, Steve Jobs's widow, uh, called Emerson Collective. I was out in Hawaii. Um, and then towards the end of my, my fellowship there, formally founded Community X. And what we do is we create digital and in real life experiences within the social impact space that connect people around shared causes and movements no matter what it is, whether it's fistula awareness or racial justice, prison reform, mental health, women's rights. We allow... People to say, hey, I care about these things, and then we take that data and put it into our core algorithm and say, okay, based on the things you care about, here are other people local to you, nationally and globally that care about those same things.
0: Right, right. That makes sense. When you when you think about who you are, if you try to put yourself in a bucket, I know it's hard, especially being an entrepreneur. Would you say you're a marketing person, a product person, an accounting type of person, a finance person, or or a tech person?
1: I think as a founder, um, especially within this space, you have to find it within yourself to be all of those things, especially within the early stages of your venture. Um, When you ultimately have the resources to be able to hire people and onboard them onto your team into those finance, marketing, accounting roles, you should do so having had the experience of doing the role within your own company yourself. So I would hope that, uh you know I have a, a little bit of, of, of all of those skills
0: right now I want to go back a little bit and um, and doing a little bit of research uh for this conversation um th- I read about what happened to your father do you you don't have to if you don't want to but do you mind detailing what happened because I think it'll be it's really important for people to know what is the real catalyst of why you're so passionate about this space?
1: Yeah. So, um, the year before I was born in, uh, 1989, my dad was living on the South side of Chicago in Hyde park. And, uh, my mom, who was his girlfriend at the time was, was at home with him. He was getting ready to work a night shift, heard a loud banging on the door went to go see what it was and by the time he got there the door was off its hinges and a group of plainclothes Chicago police officers began to raid my grandmother's home and opens fire on my dad over a dozen times hitting him on the crown of his head and multiple times in his groin area and as he was bleeding to death in the hallway of his mom's home the men realized that they had the wrong address. And it was a case of mistaken identity. And in an effort to cover up the mistake they realized they had made, planted drugs in the top drawer of his bedroom dresser, physically assaulted him after shooting him, and waited to call an ambulance in hopes that he would just die. Uh, So by the time my dad actually made it to the hospital. He was in very critical condition, and doctors told my family that he wouldn't make it through the night. They ended up operating on him anyways, stabilized him that next morning, uh, and then operated on him again almost 12 times in a 72-hour period. And it's those operations that ultimately saved his life. Uh, But in between each of those operations, he was handcuffed to his hospital bed as required by the Chicago Police Department because they maintained that he was a threat and that they had done nothing wrong. So by the time my dad was actually able to leave the hospital, not only was he set to begin what would become a lifetime of physical rehab where he had to learn how to walk again, regain all of his motor skills, learn how to eat on his own again. But he was also fighting for his innocence in court against the city of Chicago. And so when I was born later that next year, in so many ways, my dad's tragedy was the childhood reality of of both myself and my siblings. I watched my dad um, as a young girl struggle with PTSD Um, To the point where he would put on a bulletproof vest under his clothes before he would leave the house. Every single day, um, to this day, my family and I have to watch him in pain every single day because he still has a bullet fragment lodged in his spine that can never be taken out. Otherwise, he'd become a paraplegic and be wheelchair bound. So all of those things and all of those uh, experiences really made me who I am. And, and that sort of passion um, and motivation was just further developed during my experience at Howard and then Google um, and with Laureen and, and Emerson as well.
0: How did that experience shape how you view the police?
1: <sighs> it's, it's tough. Because on one hand, I have a daughter. Um, and you know, we rely on local law enforcement, if, if anything were to, to go wrong, or if, or if we, you know, needed help in, in any sort of way. Those are the people that, that we would rely on. And I think for me, and even for my dad, like, despite what happened to him, we don't dislike law enforcement, we don't dislike police officers we just want people to to do what our tax dollars are paying them to do which is to protect us not to kill us not to discriminate against us not to to stop and frisk us you know it's a it's it's it, we just we just want what w- was promised to us as as citizens um you know of of, of America um, and and I think you know, that that continues to be my perspective and my, my family's perspective on the issue.
0: Right. The area right outside of White Sox Stadium, what's that area called again? It starts with a B. It's a very is a is known to be extremely racist. Do you do you know what that area is called?
1: mm no right right outside of the
0: white Sox stadium yeah, it's like 35th and state street in chicago but anyway it it would come to me but i remember one time i was standing outside of um i think i i was maybe two blocks away from the white Sox stadium and i was waiting for my son to get out of a uh, uh summer summer camp and uh the police pulled up on me chicago police and they said um what are you doing out here? I said, I'm waiting on my son to get out of summer camp. And, um, they said, well, someone called us and it looks like someone doesn't like the black man. Stay the fuck out of here and don't ever come back.
1: Right.
0: Like, that's yeah. how, that's how Chicago police does. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: You know, so, you know, what you're saying, I'm a, and I'm an educated black man. Yeah. You know, yeah. Someone that doesn't cause any, I don't have a record. So, yeah the things that people in Chicago deal with, especially growing up there and, you know, living there for a long time, I can't imagine, you know, some yeah. of the different things that um, that they go through. So um, yeah. when, did you, when did you say, this is one of my life's missions is to use what happened to my father and what has happened to my family? Um, how use that as a catalyst to become your life's mission to uh, create something that can help change and make that so that doesn't happen to anyone else or anyone else's family.
1: Yeah, I mean, first of all, thank you um, for, sh- for sharing your experience. I um, obviously can relate to it and uh, sorry that that has to happen. Um, I think uh, for me, my dad's experience has definitely always been a driving force within me that always continues to keep me motivated. The the real pinnacle of that was when I was at Google and came to work one day and looked around at everybody's monitors and saw this image of Mike Brown laying face down in the middle of the street. Um, for hours, just there. Um, and I think looking at that um, and realizing, you know this happened to my dad and it's continuing to happen to this day. And for me, like I couldn't just afford to continue to sit at like my six figure like Google job, while this was happening to people in communities um that i know so well and so um that was really the moment where i was like if i can't do something impactful like here using the resources here then I just have I have to leave and I have to go figure out what I can do and 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 amass resources of my own and just do it
0: right right. What different challenges have you faced in in starting your own company?
1: It's really hard It's a really difficult experience and just from my perspective, in order to stay committed to something like this. It has to really, really matter to you in some way. It just has to really matter. And so for me, I face obstacles, you know, big and small, week in and week out. Um, But it's it's that thing inside me that says that this is important and this really matters to you and you have to make this work that that keeps me going, I think, you know, everything from raising your initial capital to building your team, finding partners that you can trust, finding investors that fit your profile and that have the interest of the best of of the comp, the best interest of the company in mind, like all of those things in practice are really, really, really hard and require a lot of energy and a lot of time and, and effort. And that's aside from the product. So a, a ton of things are always going on all the time and you just have to, you really have to learn as you go and just in real time, apply these learning lessons to that next experience.
0: Right, right. Now, when you you said building a team, how do you build a team? Do you Are you <laughs> looking for people that are just as passionate about the subject matter? Are you looking for people mm-hmm. that, are different than you that complement your skills? Right. Or are you for people that have certain skills that you can kind of plug and play?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really good question. And I'm like, answering that more and more every day but i think going back to part of the reason why i wanted to start my own company and not just oh just join like another tech company that sort of so focuses on social impact is because i've real what i've realized especially from working at google is that there's this dynamic in silicon valley that says that, you know, you have these billion dollar companies and platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. And if you look at their user bases, a lot of times, you know, you see it with black Twitter, for instance, a lot of times these user bases are, are made up um, in most part uh, by people that look like you and me. Mm-hmm. And so you have us really carrying these companies and platforms all the way to a, a multi-billion-dollar IPO, um, and yet there's still this dynamic that persists that says that only less than two percent of us are employed at the corporate level, and almost none of us. Uh, get to experience or be brought into that investment opportunity in the early stages of the development of the company. So while we're the ones that are really making these platforms successful, rarely do we get to reap the benefit of that success ourselves. And so that's really like a long-winded way of me saying that when I look to build my team, whether it's my investor team or my C staff or whatever it is, I want to make sure that first and foremost, of course, the, the, the prospective candidate aligns with our mission, which is to unite humanity and mobilize the world. But very close second to that, that that person is reflective um, from a racial, gender orientation standpoint of the very users that we're trying to reach. I don't want to have to hire a diversity and inclusion like lead or a chief diversity and inclusion officer. I want that to be ingrained into what we do from the very beginning.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense. So tell me the different products that you that you have.
1: Yeah, so our key digital experience is our Community X Mobile app, which will be available on the App Store and Google Play this Friday. We're actually announcing the technology at our inaugural summit, which is out here in Santa Clara at Santa Clara University. So uh the app will allow people to say, hey, you know, this is the work that I'm involved in as a professional or as a student on campus. I'm a part of the Black Student Union, Amnesty International, the Climate Club, and I specifically care about reentry, prison reform, mental health and racial justice and then we take that data and then say okay based on the things you care about here are other people local national and global that also care about those things and you can instantly connect with them and start to build communities of like-minded change agents that are ready to mobilize in a time of need so you know god forbid if something were to happen tomorrow you have a community of you know, hundreds of, or thousands of people that are ready to mobilize around any initiative that you want to launch in support um, of whatever is going on in your communities.
0: That's really good. And I'm a, I'm a big fan of building community because once you build community, is so much energy that can be synergized and you can put different things together. You can bounce different ideas off of each other. And then from community, you can pretty much do anything. So I'm a... I'm a big fan of that I'm a big fan of that. so you have yeah so you have a you have a big you have a summit going on this friday is it is a one is it a one day summit?
1: Yes, it's a it's a one-day summit. It's our first of many. We haven't announced the, the locations for, for subsequent summits, but um, they will be announced at some point next month. So we're really excited about this one, but also really looking forward to engage people in other communities as well.
0: That has to be hard to put a summit together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I would be lying if I said that it wasn't.
0: <laughs> you know, it's... Well, you know, we live in such a digital world, and I think that digital is just a a gateway to the to the physical world. Exactly. But oftentimes, it's kind of hard to you know get people together, and you know just it's just a lot of logistics. So I congratulate you on you know mm-hmm. taking a step out on faith and, and and doing that because I know how hard it is. So you know, I want to congratulate you on that.
1: I, I appreciate that. And I think, you know, our our partners, our sponsors, our talent, um, everybody has been super supportive of, of what we're doing in this inaugural event. So, um, you know, it's definitely it's definitely been a team effort.
0: Right. Right. Is there anything that I should have asked you that I haven't so far?
1: I think that these questions are, um, you know, as I'm answering them, I'm like, wow, this is something that I would actually like to think about more often. And I, um, you know, reflecting on these different experiences has actually been really, really awesome for me. So thank you for reminding me.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, sounds good. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us Um I'm glad we got a chance to have this conversation. Hopefully we can have another one maybe next year at the summit, maybe at your next summit. Would love
1: to, would love to. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We'll definitely, um, definitely look to figure out how we can work together on one of our future summits. Um, Yeah, absolutely.
0: Okay. How can people find you online?
1: So our website is communityx.com. And again, as of Friday, we will be on the app store and iTunes. So we encourage everybody to download our app and you can get connected with community X and with me, um, on our app as well.
0: Thanks, Chloe. I'm a fan of you. Um, (laughs) I support what you're doing. I support your movement. If there's any way we can help, uh, Please let us know. We'll always be here for you. Like I said, we'll have to do this again. Thanks again, Chloe.
1: I appreciate it. And let's definitely talk soon. I'm looking forward to working together. Thank you. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast. Uh rate us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Google Podcasts, whatever you listen to it on, we will really appreciate that. Thanks for listening. Have a good day.